Mark, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for inviting me. You know, you're starting down this path of helping people and coaching people. Tell us a little about what drew you to this. What's your step for helping people through these processes? Uh, As a coach, professional and life coach, I was drawn to it because I want to make a difference in the world. I want to help to influence growth of leaders. And several years ago, I was in in a situation with with my work where I felt like the leaders around me were not doing a fantastic job. How can I do this? So it starts with me as a person. So I started my own kind of personal growth journey and started reading more books and listening to podcasts, following some thought leaders. And along the way, I discovered more, learned more about coaching as a, as a profession. That led to you know, going through some training and getting, getting certified as a coach. And all of it was along the lines of just wanting to, to grow better leaders. Our world needs better leaders everywhere you look. And I want to help to influence that and, uh, and help us to grow better leaders. Totally agree with you. Because I think there tends to be a certain amount, and I sometimes fall to this, so, is I'm waiting for someone else to be the leader. <laughs> You know, and the, the reality is, what is that? It'll be the change in the world you want to see or what? Yeah, Mahatma yeah. Gandhi. I love that yeah. quote. Yeah. But it's true. I'll give you an example. And, and I, we were home, my, my daughter and I were home for Halloween. Wow, this could be a really bad Halloween for little kids. And I said, let's do something fun. So we developed, we built a shoot from our second floor because you had to be COVID safe anyhow, because they were putting out rules like, oh, just put right. stuff out on the table and have them grab it. I go, that is really kind of lame. <laughs> I, I get that it's safer. So we put, we put, we put a, a, like, we got some tubes from Home Depot. We put some uh, lighting around it. We dropped the candy from the second floor of our house into their bag. And the reason I mentioned that, I, I could have just sat back and complained that, you know, Halloween was being trampled on. I had a couple parents going, oh, hey, that's really kind of cool that you did that. And that's not why I did it. I just did it for those little kids if they did come by to have something a little bit special. But I kind of look at it and go, okay, in, the, in a couple kids... I made a difference with their Halloween, which is very minor, but, you know, it's kind of build on themselves, right? Those types of experiences. They do. And what I really like about what you're saying is that you created something. There there was something there that you identified, that you you connected with, that you wanted to do, created it. I'm going to take a little bit of leap into where where we're going to end up going. And there's a a quote that is attributed to Peter Drucker, I think. Um, Abraham Lincoln gets attribution for it too, but... The whole idea is that the best way to predict the future is to create it. Yeah. That I think is, is something that you, you did there. And that, that's what I like about that. Uh, you know, there, there's so much opportunity for us to create more of what we want and things that uh, we want to, to see in the future. But we can't just sit around and wait and you know, hope people come around for our candy or whatever. It's like, no, it's like we, can, we can create something here that's much more meaningful. And so we can talk about that a little bit more. But You know, in the mindset thing, I've been trying on each day, kind of, I can create this day. I drift through it or I can create a day that I want to create. And it sounds kind of woo-woo, but I think that mentality sometimes helps. I'm in, not in full control of this day, but I can create it as much as I can create it to a certain degree. I don't have to let this whole thing unfold in front of me. I could have a say in it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And their model that's called the, the drama triangle, where you've got victim and persecutor and rescuer. 
And there, there was recently, meaning the last 20 years, <laughs> probably kind of an antidote to that called the empowerment dynamic. And there, there's a book on that. It's written as a, as a story. That, the, the antidote is a, being a creator, a challenger, and a coach. And so many of us go through, and I do include us, you know, in this. I've been in, yeah. this, in this spot myself, you know, where, yeah, I'm the victim. It's like, oh, it's happening to me. It's like, oh, you know, if only this would have happened, then I would have gotten this. And, and that's that victim mentality. And so many of us get, get lost there. And the antidote to that is to being a creator. And where you actually identify, it's like, well, what is it you want? And, and then create that for yourself. And it's, and it's a bit more of an action. You're actively creating something as opposed to just kind of sitting back and letting stuff happen to you. It's a mindset. It's a, it's a different way of looking at things, but it's much more powerful and has helped me to be more of an active participant in my own life. As a coach, you know, helping people to, to see that and what the possibilities are, then than helping, helping others to, to be more active in their own lives. That creative coaching, helping others, the whole idea right. of if you're helping others, you're not really stressed out about yourself to begin with. So it, it kind of puts you in a, a different mindset. One of the things around that creation I thought was funny was Steve Jobs, when they asked him, hey, how'd you get so creative in your life? You know, because he didn't really come from a background that maybe lent itself to that. He said, I'm paraphrasing it. So I finally realized that everything around us was created by someone no smarter than me. Then he said, why can't I do that? And that was his perspective. You know, they created this Silicon Valley area. He goes, but no one here is really, I could do the same. It's, you know, like these people are just people that have created this. They're not like from another world. And he said, I, I could do the same. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, that's so right. And what I'm thinking of those, like how many of us might tell ourselves that very thing, but then there's this other voice in our head that says, ah, uh, yeah, what, you're smoking your shoelaces. What are you thinking that, that you can do all of that just because other people can? And, right. and no, you're not, you're not good enough to do that. Inner critic or gremlin or saboteur, whatever, however we want to label it, really gets in our way when we look at creating things and those voices can be really, really loud sometimes and, and, and prevent us from seeking more of what we want to create for ourselves. And that's a, a big challenge, uh, you know, is overcoming those, that inner critic voice. Um, and that, that can be really, really tough. Everyone has it. I think it was Julia Cameron said one time, she said the worst thing for creative people was late night TV because these people would go on late night television shows and everything's fine. They created something or they sing songs and that, that it all looks very natural. And what they don't see is she was actually married to Martin Scorsese. And she said, that guy agonized over these movies. Yeah. And he, he would be like sitting at the premiere, just sweating bullets. She'd see behind the scenes on that. Her thing was like, everyone feels that way. There's this perception that the statues that are built for people, that those people never sweated a day, that everything came to them natural. And it, it's not. Those are just people just like you and I. And they had the same doubts. They had the same concerns. And they could have had them their whole life. That seems to be also a thing, right? You get successful and people have that whole imposter thing where they're, they don't feel maybe worthy of the success that they have. Yep. You just, I guess for a certain degree, we just have to get, get out of our own way sometimes, right? That, that's true. Yeah, getting out of our own way, exactly. Another thing that, that we can do to help quiet that, uh, that inner critic a little bit is to, is to connect to, to our inner authority and or you know, maybe call it call it our sage and there is inner power with, within each of us that knows very well what we want and what we're good at 
and what we're maybe not not as, as good at and where, where that that real strength lies and when we can connect to that and one of the best ways of connecting to the inner authority is through our values right so if, if we're able to identify our values then we can connect with those values and that when we connect with our values that's going to quiet that inner critic a lot because the inner critic doesn't want anything to change they don't want want uh, they love the status quo um, and and when we connect to our, our values and say well i'm going to create this thing for me because i value being courageous um, or i value um, being kind and so when we do something that is is courageous then that's something that we that we want and even if our inner critic is is yapping at us and, and noisy um, when we connect to that inner authority uh, of, of our, that inner power, we're going to make those changes. We're going to go forward with whatever those wants and aspirations are um, because we can get much better at ignoring that, uh, that loud inner voice. What are some ways to tap into that? One of the biggest things really is to, to, to sometimes name it. They literally give it a name. It's like, oh, Fred just showed up. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and, and, and that way you can, you can address it more, more directly. And, and then you can tell Fred to, to uh, go on vacation or you can tell Fred to go sit in the corner and eat a cookie to, to leave you alone right now. Um, and no, you can actually address it, you know, address that, that critic very directly um, by, by naming it. But a lot of it, though, even before trying to do anything is, is just really noticing that that's what's happening. For a lot of us, and I, this isn't luckily as much the case for me, but it certainly has been where that's been the loudest voice in my head. <laughs> it is, right? What, well, what is it? We have like seventy to 80,000 thoughts a day. They said, unfortunately, most of them are negative and self-critical. Right. And, and so uh, they can be, it can be, and that's not an abnormal, like that's not someone with a mental issue. That's like a normal person. That's normal. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's normal. And right. yeah, so if you're hearing that every day, being aware that those thoughts are even there, to your point, is a huge step that you're like, okay, Barney's here. And not only is Barney here, Barney's omnipresent from the second I wake up in the morning to the day, you know, to when I go to bed, when I'm eating, when I'm, when I'm driving, he's always yapping. And, right. Always yeah. yapping and will always yap. That's one thing that when I'm working with clients, you know, the expectation is never that the, that self-sabotaging, you know, part of us, the inner critic, you know, it's never that it's going to completely go away. It's always going to be there. The challenge is really just to to get better at noticing it, first of all, and then getting, getting better at, at quieting it, trying not to interact with it. Definitely the, the first thing is to notice it and give it a name so that you can uh, refer to it. And then when, once you're able to notice it and get more tuned to when that voice shows up, it's like, oh yeah, there, there it is again. Um, then you can start to, to get better at, at um, telling it where to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And, kind of saying, and it, yeah. there will be some backlash from it. Who are you to tell me to go on vacation? You know, and that, that's going to happen. There, there's going to be an inner dialogue that, that will occur. Uh, but the, in, in the end, what we want to, to do is quiet it down. So once we've labeled it, uh, we're, we're noticing it, then that's where we want to connect with our, our values. And so, you know, connecting with our values, what I'll often do with, with clients is, you know, we'll go through a couple of exercises and we'll mine for values. 
and I'll basically just listen to, to the clients and, and, and write some things down. It's like, oh, it's like, I, I heard you say trust a lot. And I heard you say family and you talked about fun and freedom. And, and, uh, and then you, you go through the process of, of finding things that, that, yeah, that is a value. Uh, that the client identifies. Um, a client can do that, the person, it <laughs> wouldn't be a client, uh, a person can do that on their own as well, just to sit down and maybe think of a peak experience. What was it about that peak experience that made it so powerful for, for them? What, what, was, what was going on? Who were the people involved? Use that to, to identify values. And another way is, is to imagine your own funeral and what are people saying about you at your funeral? That's another, another way of, of identifying. It's like, wow, it's like, yeah, I guess I really did value interaction with other people. Wow, I really did value being kind and, and, and thoughtful and, and caring. And, and so just a couple of, of things that, that people could do to try to identify their own values. I mean, some people might be able to just jot down. It's like, yeah, I value this, 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 or this. I'm not quite like that. I need to, I need to be prompted somehow. And, and so thinking of a peak experience or thinking of what people might be saying about you, um, you know, are a couple of ways of, of trying to identify those values. And those values then uh, are, are going to help to make that, that inner critic, that gremlin saboteur, it's going to help make that disappear. Yeah, just a little bit quieter. Right. Yeah, exactly. It won't, won't completely disappear, but quieter for the, for the moment. And then that, what that does is it's going to free you up to the possibilities that exist to get more of what it is that you're trying to create. And you can start to feel a little bit more comfortable about stepping into that, whatever that is, whatever right. that creation is, you, you start to feel more comfortable with it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Part of it is also, it's, Mark, is taking the action, right? You know, there's so many people that say they're not ready for something. They're not ready for that change. And that would be their inner yeah. critic speaking. <laughs> yeah, right. And that, <laughs> and that some research that said, if you actually smile, you start to feel better. And yeah. that you, you, would think, you would think it's just the opposite. If you start to feel better, you smile. But they're saying that your body, like there's this whole TEDx uh, talk or TED talk on, you know, the way you stand. I don't know if you've seen it. It's actually one of the more popular ones. She calls it this super, Superman stance. But is if you that stand, the one, is that the Amy uh, Cuddy? The Amy I think Cuddy, so, uh, where, she, where she's saying she recommends standing like Superman before a job yeah. interview or something. Like go right. to the bathroom and just stand like Superman for a while. You actually feel more confident. I, I find that I can outthink myself sometimes. Like uh, I've gotten in the habit of going to the gym in the morning. But what I try and do is get there before I can talk myself out of it, right. you know, like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Because you know I, mean? I can think about going to the gym or I can think about writing a book in, until it's, until it's, you know, until I, I almost have fatigue about thinking about it. And it's just like, wait a minute, I haven't even done it. Finding that critic to actually do the activity. And then, I'm not saying you fall into a slipstream there, but like, I think if you can get past that critic to kind of take a small action in one step, two steps. Yes. Uh, you start to go, okay, I didn't get killed doing this. This is, I'm still alive. Whatever I did, what, you know, let, let's say I wrote a paragraph or I went to the gym or applied for this different job that maybe I, I wouldn't have done uh, before. I'm still here to talk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that critic has, sometimes can paint a very dire picture out there of like, and, and not even specifics. It's just, oh, that's a bad idea. It's bad because it's just bad. <laughs> right, exactly. There's no reason that yeah. it's provided. It's just, right, it's just bad. Right? Yeah, that, and then, like, and, you, and, don't want, you don't want to do that. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Right. And we believe that voice um, well, a, a good amount of the time, too, I, which, yeah, which I, is I, the, that's, the, that's I, the, the downside of it. Yeah. Because I've heard people say, you know what, I think what sometimes, and I do this, 
I kind of go, wait, is that my intuition speaking? Is that an intuitive statement or is that the critic? You can almost mess up the, the sage with the critic. Like, wait a minute, who's really talking right now? That hundred, you know, 85% of that uh, talking all the time doesn't serve you well. Right. And, no, and, it, it doesn't. There's belief, you know, that, that was, you know, we, we learned from a very early age to to have that inner critic right and that that voice when we're very young sometimes can help to protect us and and at an early age that may be the case but as we get older as we as we get more experience and, and do more things that inner voice is much more of a liar and um it's that's intent that tells us that's like oh this is best for you i'm trying to protect you i'm trying to keep you safe and and away from harm in reality it's the, exactly the opposite of that you know in the in the long run that's the lie that we're that we're being told is it's keeping us from doing what we want to do it's keeping us from realizing the future that we envision or the future that we're trying to to create I've read a lot of places it's because our ancestors were very paranoid people that kept them alive. So the rustling in the bushes was an animal that could likely kill you at one point. So yeah. If you responded to the rustling of the bushes and you ran, you lived and the people who didn't. So it ended up like the chances of you and I getting killed by a lion are very unlikely in our day to day life. But that part of the brain is still firing all the time. Kind yeah. of saying, you know, telling it, us that there's a lion somewhere and, it, and there really isn't. And it, it, right. so it's, it's, so it's hard to turn off that because. A uh, lot of this, it, talking about the lion reminds me of, of a, there's a phrase in the, or a little story in the, in the Bible about, about Beniah who actually chased a lion into a pit and, and killed it. Point of, of this is from, from, a, I, I found out about this, 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 uh, quotation from a book called Chase the Lion, uh, quite literally. And um, the whole idea is that we not run from our fear, but we actually chase after it. Yeah. And, and you, you think about that, and to me, that's so, that's so powerful is to, because so much of what we do is, is out of fear, or what we don't do is because of fear. Rather than getting caught up in the fear, chasing after the fear and wrestling with it and grappling with it and ultimately killing it, that's really the, the powerful place for us to live from and a powerful place for us to, to go. Yeah, because then if you do it once, you can do it again. And it starts to build a muscle there that can become very powerful. Yeah. And there's something, a, a small little thing that, that you're reminding me of a couple of times here is how important it is to catch ourselves winning. Yeah. And yeah, there will be some times where we might listen to that inner voice and then later on we beat ourselves up. It's like, oh man, I knew that. I, I knew I shouldn't have, you know, should. That's a big key word. When you hear yeah. should, that's usually, that's usually the saboteur talking. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, catch yourself winning. And you know, every day they're going to be, you mentioned before, like those small little things, like maybe take a moment and consider, it's like, what are we doing well? How are we actually being the person that we want to be? Kind of celebrate that, you know, catch those, those little moments or even the big moments, uh, not let the, the failures and, and other losses and things get in our way, but focus on the fact that, wow, I did that really well and keep an eye on those wins, those successes and, and things that we've learned. And then, you know, over time, we'll be able to take a look back. It's like, wow, look how far I've come. You know, what's interesting. A lot of what we talked about is it's in the head. It's all a mental thing. Yeah, and a lot of this is, and um, and as, as a coach, that's that I try to try to do is is help people to to deepen their own learning about themselves, 
and and we do that by just asking lots of questions right and and then it's a, it's the thought process that the client and a lot of times there's action as well because through action um that that's how we we get more of what we want and continue to help deepen the learning those you know through the questions you know and going through that the as you were saying kind of that that, that mental exercise of of thinking about about things there isn't always action. Sometimes it's just sitting with a question and, and pondering it and, and wondering more about it. And, and in the process, you learn about yourself and learn a little bit more about what you want, what might help make you uh, get you fulfilled and to get more of the, the life that, you're, that you want to create. It's a very introspective thing that maybe a lot of people aren't that uh, comfortable with, right? It, it, you do have, yes. to get off, you have to get off the mental assembly line of, uh, you know, turning off your phone and, and feeling like you have to be someplace. You know, we all feel like we have to be someplace else. It's deep thought, right? It is. <laughs> you know, and which, which for so I know sometimes with me, that can be very uncomfortable. And, yeah. and, and I also think in our modern era where people are moving along so fast, it can seem a little woo-woo, right? Like it, it's, it's silly stuff or, sorry. Yeah, I'm going to interrupt you there. I, I agree with you. That's what a lot of people would think. But this, this is, this is what, what combats that a little bit. Um, see if you can, you can recognize this quote. Life moves pretty fast. If yeah. you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Yeah, one of my favorite movies. Ferris so Bueller, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's true. And you know that was a hero's journey because when you take a look at that, actually he was, you know, what? Because uh, uh, I've studied that, I'm trying to figure out what his journey is, and he's actually uh, strangely more of a sidekick in that movie than uh, taking the journey. It's his friend who's kind of taking the journey, right? Uh, and his sister who kind of resents him for living a certain life and realizing she could live, she could have that same perspective. Like what I think he's kind of helping both of those people through their things in, in their own way. But that is, uh, he, that saying kind of is, he's saying that to his sister and his friend in that movie. That's kind of like the, the moral there, or at least right. that's, that's my interpretation of it after to figuring out, I've kind of said, Hey, where's the hero's journey in this? And it's, it's more like, He's almost the sidekick in that story rather than the journey taker, even though he's kind of going on this amazing day. He's really taking his friend and subsequently his sister's kind of coming to the terms with it also as, as she like she ends up saving him at the end. Right. So she goes from hating him to getting him out of a lot of trouble because she realizes his perspective on life isn't all wrong. I, so I, I want to, I know we've, we've been chatting for a while already, but I've got a, a few questions that the people who listen to our conversation might you know, kind of lean on and as, as a way of, of looking inside themselves. And sure. one of those, who do I aspire to be, right? Who do I aspire to be? Like we, we make so many choices, especially career choices based on ambition over aspiration. And if you think about ambition as being, what we want to achieve aspiration is more about who we want to become Ooh. and so when when we're deciding between jobs or between organizations we should look to see how will those jobs or organizations shape our identity how will they shape what we aspire what we aspire to be and one one of the 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 great things so this is gonna this is gonna be trying to talk to somebody's inner critic about when they what they come up with when they think about what they what the, you know what they aspire to be is you know i I've, I've come to realize that you know no matter where we are on on life's journey and it is it is a journey 
you know, no matter how young we are, how old we are, we've all got the ability to choose who we want to become. Yep. And I'll, I'll, I'll put out there that the time to do that is to start is always right now. After, after this last year, it's especially right now. <laughs> we can choose today who we want to be tomorrow. It is always, always a choice. Um, so yeah, who, who do you, who do I aspire to be? Kind of some, some questions. Um, what what things in my life do I need to say yes to, and what do I need to say no to? There 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 might be some instances where maybe we're settling for mm. for something. Um, you know, maybe another another kind of follow up question. What am I what am I willing or unwilling to change? There might be some things I'm stepping over. <clears throat> Stuff that that I I know is is the elephant in the room. And I do everything that I can to try to avoid it. And sometimes the, the best thing to do is to just, you know, kind of kind of head right into it and, and say yes to that. Or maybe there's some things to, to say no to there. Um, yeah, we, we've, we've talked about, about values, but, you know, what are my values? How is who I want to be connected to my values? For me, my personal values include learning and trust, integrity, freedom, positivity, family, kindness. When I connect to all of those, I'm a much more powerful person showing up in, in, in the world and much more connected with who, I'm, with who I'm being. Yeah, we've talked a lot about self-sabotage, but you know, another question would be, you know, what voices in my head do I need to ignore or, or make quieter? So this gets back to you. Know, we we talked about this, but you know, just noticing where those voices where those voices might be. And also, I want to pose the question that you know along the lines of the quote from Peter Drucker, right? The best way to predict the future is to create it. So the question to ask is, you know, what am I doing to predict my future? What sort of things you know might we be able to do? Might I be able to do? What actions can I take? And this is more about doing as opposed to being. So there, there are both, both parts of, of living our life. It's, you know, who do we want to be? But also, what, what are we going to do? And, right. and they, they, they kind of work, work in conjunction uh, with, with each other. Um, but we can, we can definitely choose to create the, our, our life and be intentional about the future we're creating. You mentioned this before. We can start with baby steps those small things will lead to, to really big differences over, over time. I, I want to end, uh, you know, just in terms of this litany of questions here that I'm throwing out. Um, these, are, these are great questions because they, they do, they take people off the assembly line of thought and kind of go, wait a minute. Okay. Let me, let me really stare at the page and think about these things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and take, take a couple of minutes and really think about maybe write, maybe write down the responses that come up. And, and then come back and revisit. The last one that, that I want to kind of throw out there is, what are you, for what are you grateful? Uh, yeah. And it really a lot, I mean, that's kind of, I'm saying it's the last question, but that, that's kind of, it's really where we, where we should start perhaps is with gratitude. We have so much to, to be thankful for. And inner, inner critics are going to say, yeah, you're grateful for the virus. You're grateful for these other big things. You're grateful for whatever discomfort we might be experiencing. And, and, and that's always going to be there. But there is always a gift somewhere in everything that's happening to us. What is that gift? What is it that we're grateful for? We're always going to wrestle with challenges. We're going to wrestle with loss and pain probably every day, multiple times a day. But there's also a lot of possibility that will come up when we start with gratitude and when, when we look for the gift that's actually present in all of those challenges. 
you know, how, how can we look at it as, as more of a gift and then be grateful, we be grateful for that. I read an article not too long ago that said they've done a study on gratefulness. You just start to think about being grateful for different things in your mind. Like there are whole other parts of your brain that shut down. Like you cannot be fearful and grateful simultaneously. Yeah. Like, and there's whole, and it's got an echo effect. Like it's hard to actually dig into fear or fearful after being uh, thinking about being grateful for a while. I did this exercise one time with some kids where we just, uh, in the whole thing about grateful, we had everyone list 50 things they were grateful for. And they could be silly because you, you run out of things, the obvious stuff like parents and grandparents and food. Yeah. You have to really think about it, right? And, and uh, might be grateful for peanut butter. Right. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. Grassy field. It, yeah. it was all these different things. We got to the last person. You get midway through and someone go, I can't believe I didn't put that on the list. You know, like, right? it, was like yeah. it was like someone put ice cream, like ice cream. And like it made it, it made it. You know, we got to the fourth person before someone said like grandmother or grandfather. And it was just like, and the other four, the first four people were like, oh my how did I forget them? You add know? that to the list. You know? Right. You know, they were like, how can I not have thought of that? You know, yeah. so you're right. That, that gratitude is something that that's a very, very powerful emotion in this whole thing. It is. It is. Yeah, definitely is. Who do I aspire to be? What I should say yes to, what I should say no to really dig into the values. Yeah. What do I want to create in my future? Yeah. Just, what what just, are you doing? What what am I doing? What am I doing? My future. I think it was habit stacking or one of those books was build the habits that what would the habits be of someone who reached that goal? So focus on the activities. That goal is just on the continuum somewhere. And then right. you'll, and don't worry about, just worry about the habits, keeping track of the habits and the goal will kind of emerge over that. Or you'll, or the goal will shift and you'll go someplace else. But the, act, the important thing is the activities because we tend to be really goal focused, but that's something that, uh, in a way that this book said it was actually an unhealthy thing to have because you're living in gap all the time. And what you should be is just having activities that makes you that person. So yeah. what, if you're a best-selling writer, well, what would a best-selling writer do? Well, a best-selling writer would probably get up early in the morning and write, you know, <laughs> and, and, right? you know? especially if they had a full day, a full-time job, they'd probably get up. And that's what a lot of them are, right? They get up early and they write, and then they go to a job where maybe they don't write. And it's just like, okay, do that every day. See what happens. Yeah, what activities am I doing? And the, you're, you're reminding me of, of something else that you know, we're, we're recording this you know, near, the, near the end of the year. And, yeah. and, and when people listen, you know, they, they'll be thinking about the you know, start of a new year. And people are so often setting New Year's resolutions and which are kind of many, many goals, right? And, and my, my preference to resolutions is to, to just choose a word that you want to live your life by for the next year. Mm, one, one word. Yep. Interesting. And it gets to everything that you were just saying and, and, and a little bit of what we've already talked about, but it, it has, it, Rather, it's, so goals are all about doing, right? It's the activities. It's what am I trying to accomplish? It's the ambition, right? Yeah. Is, this is what I want to, to, to do. Choosing one word is more about the being. And yeah. who, are you, who, are you want to, who do you want to be? And so this last year, my word was patience. And so I didn't, I didn't set up, but everything that I did for the last year that I was conscious about where I thought, I'm like, oh, what's the patient approach here? It's like, how can I be more patient here? Um, 
and that, that 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 was something that that carried over my entire life right it wasn't you know goals and things are going to be more more narrow narrowly focused but you know patience was something that that bled over into in my personal life my work life even play like when 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 i was on, on in the field of play it's like how can i be more patient here you know and almost invariably every single time i was conscious about okay what's the patient path what's the patient choice here it led to a better outcome for me Ooh. and and that that was a way of being and that's what i see the see one word being so i i say screw the resolutions just pick one word and 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 uh, take a little bit of time and, 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 and maybe pray on it, think about it, whatever, whatever the, the approach is that, that works for people and come up with what that one word is that, that resonates the most. And then just live by that one for a year and see how much more growth you get as a result of that compared to the New Year's resolutions that most of us will discard within weeks anyway. Yeah, right. The, the stats on that are not good. And I think the, that New Year's resolutions is almost like a should thing because a lot yeah, of right, those, yeah. right? Because it's, that is one of those things where it's like, okay, I'm going to start in two weeks. Well, no, you, to your point, you should start now. You yeah. know? Yeah. And, and it's not even, not even should start now. I think that New Year's resolution has, there's a lot of should around the New Year's resolution, I think, rather than, you know, being. I, I totally agree. Yeah, exactly. It, we we often will make those resolutions because of something that we feel we should do. Good. Yeah. yeah. Mark, this is this has been really interesting. What's interesting about talking to you might be the fourth career life coach I've had on, and everyone's coming at it from a different background and perspective. But one thing that shines true is the, uh, the people that I've had on are not. My sense is most of the people I'm talking to really have a calling in this area. This isn't for everybody. The perspectives are very unique. Thankful that you came on the podcast and thank you for all the people you're helping because like I said, I think there's a lot of people that don't need, don't need to go see a, a doctor, don't need a prescription and certainly don't need like a deep therapy, but definitely need some, some perspective change, you know? Like, yeah, different you know, perspective. Some, it's, sometimes it's, it's just, just somebody to listen to. Yeah, I, I to think, talk to. Yeah, yeah, it, it is, and it's, uh, and you're coming with a certain amount of skill sets and questions that kind of go, oh yeah, is is this how it really is? You can't do anything else. There's, there's not. You're stuck here. Are you happy doing this? Because I think if they're picking up the phone and reaching you, that's I think, that's a huge step in the right direction. That they're uh, they're actually in that step. They're hero, jumping into the journey because they're kind of now, they've taken their courageous spot to say, okay, maybe things aren't going the way I, I want them to, and uh, I can't figure out why, or I'm unhappy and, and I can't see it for myself as to, and I think your ability to kind of come in objectively, ask some good questions and, and have it, and it is a practice where you don't have all the magic answers, right? People have to work through, everyone's different and everyone has to work through these things themselves. They have to do right. the work. If, if you're either a coach mentor or sidekick on these people's journeys, whatever role that is, it's probably a mentor slash sidekick in some ways, right? It doesn't really, the coaching role doesn't really fit into the hero's journey, uh, but it's probably mentor or sidekick or, or some, something in between those two. The journey taker has to take the journey and all you can do is, is provide a perspective that helps them along the way, which is, yeah. but I think for a lot of people, that's, that's very necessary. It's not something that they're going to find uh, out there, and especially, I think, especially in this electronic world nowadays where people can feel 
fairly disenfranchised for no fault of their own, it can get a little isolating out there. It can very much, and especially with this this oh. last year that we've gone. <laughs> yeah, you're you're very right. You know, as as coaches, we we do help people to to do their own work. Um, we 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 don't do it for them. We we can't do it for them, um, but we what we can challenge them. We can ask questions to get them to to be very thought provoking and and uh, and then yeah, the the client, you know the. the person who's doing the thoughts uh, the, the thinking they're the ones that really do the they're the ones doing the work and and sometimes it, it's hard work but but very necessary work and it's something that that people will it's it's everybody I, I would challenge to say everybody's a hero and we're certainly all on a journey and and it's 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 good to, it's a great thing to witness it must be there must be a tremendous amount of satisfaction in this because uh, even baby steps in the right direction where people, particularly if people are just truly unhappy in their circumstance, all things that are a little bit, I'm not saying it's all, but a lot of it is in their head and sometimes self-imposed that they could, we have a lot more control over our lives than we maybe feel comfortable admitting. Yes. Right. We, it's much easier to say I'm here because of, and then list off 20 things. Right. To rather than to say, mm, I'm kind of accountable for some of this. And certainly whatever, whatever terrible past I've had, people that I've, I've come across that have done horrible things to me, I could have owned the now in the future. Yeah. I'm here yeah. because this is right where I want to be. Right. Right. I'm, I'm here not because of something that happened to me. I'm here because this is what I did. This is who I want to be. And, and I'm choosing to, to be in this place. Yeah. And if it's not where you want to be, you have the choice to change it. Right? You can, exactly. Yeah. And that's yeah. what, and that's, so Mark, this has been great. If people want to contact you, where can they find you on the web or reach out to you if, if uh, what you've been talking about today has resonated with them? Right, yeah. So people can find me online at uh, markstalegrave.com. That's uh, M-A-R-K, S is in Sam, T is in Tom, A-E-L-G-R-A-E, V is in Victor E dot com marksdalegrave.com okay. and um through through email uh just mark at marksdalegrave.com okay i'll put that in the show notes you know the questions that you you know i, I wrote them all down i am actually i am going to put a word out there I, I, do you have a word for next year or do you tell people your word it's not like a mantra that you have to keep to yourself you, you tell people <laughs> no, no um i do not have one yet for for uh for next year um that is something that that i i generally do do on uh on january 1st Okay, I'll, um, I'll think so, of mine and I'll, I'll email mine to you and you can and email. I, I, will, yeah. I will share mine as well. Yes. Yeah, I've got a couple, but now, now I really want to spend some time. I don't want to overthink it, but uh, you know, there's some things I want to work on that I think a word could uh, surmise. So that's, it'll, it'll definitely have, have benefit and it, it'll, it'll benefit not just the couple of things that you'll work on. That's going to be the side effect. It's going to have benefit you know, everywhere, um, everywhere in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Glad. I'm glad you're going to, you're going to try that. And I look oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I definitely want to try that because uh, I'm not a big new year's. I, I, I saw your posting on new year's resolutions and, and I totally agreed with what you wrote there because <laughs> they've never worked for me. And I, and when people bring them up, I just kind of like, uh, you know, and, and uh, because of all the, the hangups with those, but I like the word idea. I like that. I really, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to dig into that. So I'll spend some time and I'll email you mine. Hey, thank you so much for being part of this today. Yeah, this has been great. I really appreciate uh, the invitation and yeah. uh, the opportunity to have a conversation. Yeah. And you know what? Um, we only scratched the surface on this mid next year. Let's do this again. 
beyond coaching, maybe it's overcoming fear or like we, we pick one topic and maybe go deep on it for a little while. Yeah. No, I'd love, love the idea. I'd be, be happy to, to do this again. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Have a, have a great uh, holiday season. Uh, best to your family. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. Same to you. And go one word. <laughs> That's right. Thanks. <laughs> have a good right, one. Mike. You too. Bye. Bye. Bye.